Well, I want to encourage you to um, be writing down on the list that we prayed for last Sunday night, if you're here, the, the, the list for this year and, and as we talked about vision and how to write vision out. And I, and I really encouraged you to take the things that you wrote down, even in that service, I was encouraging you to, to even alter things that God was saying to you as I was preaching and ministering to you about vision and how to write the vision and how to understand the vision as you write it out. And, and even through the year, allowing the things that you have down. You know, the, the Bible's very clear. Write the vision down and make it clear. Well, your personal vision, because we talked about corporate and personal vision coming together and how vitally important it is. And so this year, I really encourage you, as you're writing things down and making note of things that have manifested and come to pass in your life, be... be be preparing yourself to sharing little bits and pieces of things that manifest for the encouragement of other people. It's good for people to know, and it's good for us as a church to celebrate manifestations so that people see what's happening. You know, sometimes things can happen, other people don't know anything about it, and, and it sometimes doesn't appear like that things are really happening. I'm telling you, things are, are, are busting out of the gates at the beginning of the year in people's lives. I mean, all the reports that I'm getting. So make sure to make note of that. You'll get information about how we're going to do it. We're not going to just call you up on a Sunday morning. We'll let you prepare and get your thoughts together on that. But we want you throughout the year to, to, to share those things because we want to celebrate manifestation. Manifestation is important. When, when King Saul tried to get somebody to go and fight Goliath, the thing that was the clincher with David was Saul's daughter. Wow, I get her? I'm going. You, know, you understand? So, in other words, the reward was important to David. And it wasn't just the daughter, it was a bunch of other stuff, and David... His ears perked up. He, he wanted, you know, he loved God, and you say, well, yeah, but the Bible's real clear that he defeated Goliath because of his love for God, and that's true. But I'm telling you that the, the, the rewards that went along with that were a helper. Tell me you don't like rewards. Somebody says, well, you know, if I told you if you, if you do a specific thing that, you know, uh, will we'll all pat you on the back and we'll give you a million dollars. Okay, I want the pat on the back and that's good and I want to do it and, and if you hadn't have said the million dollars, I would have done it anyway, but wow, I want the million dollars. Right? I mean, reward is good and, and manifestation is good and so we need to encourage each other in the things that are happening. Say, Amen? So be ready for that. So, <clears throat> title of my message today goes with uh, <clears throat> with what some of the words that God gave me for the beginning of this year. One of those words was complete and being complete in Him. And so the title of my message today is just plainly in Him. And I, I, I feel real strong this year about understanding how, how complete that we are in Him. We're not complete within ourselves. We're, we're, we're not complete just in what we think are our abilities. We're complete in Him. 
And we have to understand the in Him process. Everybody say in Him. You, you will be shocked if you do a word study on in Him, how many times in Him are in the Bible. Multiple thousands of times in Him is in the Bible. I'm going to define what in Him is and who the Him is. And, 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 and Him has multiple names, but what does the in Him, Him, have to do with your life? And, and how does the Him in Him impact and affect you in ways that sometimes we don't even know that it's impacting and, and, and affecting our lives? Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse, uh, I think it's verse 7. And, and the verse just says this, We walk by faith and not by sight. The, the one thing that concerns me, it's not, it's not a concern that can't be overcome, but the one thing in our society today that concerns me is that everything is based on sight. Social media has everything to do with what you see. And the Bible says we walk by faith and not by what we see. What's important is that we balance what we see with faith in God. And if I have a concern in my heart today for the generation now and in the future, is this, that faith is developed in the midst of this sight war that we are in, this social media war that we're in with people's lives, that, there's, that there is a balance of developing what true faith is because true faith is not based on what you see, it's what you know. And the only way to know what you know by faith is to have seasons and periods of, your, uh, of time, of your life, of each and every day, where things that you see are put aside so that things are, that are not seen can be developed. If there's any concern that I have today, it's, it's what the song that we sang today about the borders. You know, faith, uh, how does that song go? Trust without borders. Trust without borders. But, but part, of, part of that, part of what that means, because there's about five different passages of Scripture that, 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 that a couple of verses in that song relate to. And part of what that means is, is that I can put borders up and, and not allow faith to be v developed in certain areas. I may develop faith in a specific area. I may develop faith for healing. But where my money's concerned, I'm going to make it happen. You know, or I may have faith for my money and finances, but where healing is concerned, I, I'm, I'm going to do all the things that need to be done in the natural, and, and then I'll be well. You know, and, and so we can put borders up around different areas of our lives, and we don't want the borders to not be borders of trust. We want, to, we want borders of trusting God in every area of our life. And so I'm saying that I have a concern for that, but it's not, that doesn't mean that we can't live in this sight world because we live here. 
You can't hide in a cave somewhere and act like you don't live in this world and then reject change and reject things. You just along the way have to make sure that there is a development of this unseen realm on the inside of you and you have to do whatever you have to do. Whatever it is that you have to do. There may be times when you say, you know what, I've got to fast social media for a season. I've got to lay this thing down because I've got to get my focus on what God is saying to me, not what my head is saying to me based on what I see and hear. Very important that we just make sure we guard that. The Bible is very clear about you and I guarding our hearts. And, the, and as long as we guard our hearts, then we can be a part of anything and everything that's going on. Because, you know, if you're thinking, well, you know, I, I just live in another realm. You know, you're, you're a fool. You live in this realm right here, and you won't succeed in this realm if you don't learn how to develop the unseen realm so that what you do in the seen realm doesn't control and rule your life. Don't forget that. That was free. <clears throat> Amen? So what we're talking about today is being in Him. So what I want to do is, I want to start in Genesis chapter 1 and look at verse 1. <clears throat> Genesis 1 and 1, and we're talking about being in Him and defining who the Him is in Him. In the beginning, God, who's that? That's God the Father, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the who? Spirit of God, second part of God, was hovering over the face of the waters, then God the Father did what? Said. Let there be light, and there was light. When God the Father said something, then came the manifestation of the third part of the triune being, and that was the Word. And God said, and it was. And He said, 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 and after six days, He was complete, and He rested on the seventh. Right? He said and he said and he said. And that was the manifestation of the third part of God. Now, I'm going to confirm that by looking at John 1 and verse 1. In the New Testament. John 1, 1. <clears throat> In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. So when God said, and light was, light was made when God said through the Word who was in the beginning, who, who is God and who is with God. The Word. Third part of the triune being. All things were made by Him, the Word, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in Him, everybody say in Him, in Him, Him who? Him, the Word, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Him was life. In an apple seed is what? Apples, right? Life for an apple tree. In the seed, in the seed of an apple is apples. I mean, bushels of apples. If I, 
I, if I had one little bitty apple seed, you know, that's when you eat an apple and you don't eat the core. Some of us used to eat the cores. But you don't eat the core because of the seeds and the arsenic in there. So my, my wife could never take me out by slipping me arsenic because I'm immune to that because I used to eat the cores of apples. I, I don't know why. I pro- probably when I was a kid, I saw horses eat those, and I just thought, well, I might as well just eat it too. So wh- whatever, but I, I ate those. But I- anyway, in that seed, in the seed itself is the life. But then in that is more seed producing more life and more and more and more. And so right here it says, in him was life, and the life was what? The light of men, because God said light be and light was but but the father created it with the word see and it says in him in the word nothing was made that was made verse 5 and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it it couldn't stop it There's no windows in this room right here. If we turn, turn all the lights down. Just flip them all down. All the way. All of them. Oh, the Christmas light. When there's darkness... There's nothing that can stop the light from dispelling the dark. And the only way that the darkness goes away is when light is turned on. Got that? Okay, you can lift us back up. So... The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, in other words, could not stop it. Now, what we're talking about is you and I being in Him. In Him, the Word. Look at Colossians chapter 1. And verse 17. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is before all things, and in Him, who? The Word. All things consist. He was in the beginning with God. He was God. He's the Word of God. And it says here, everything consists in Him. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in Him all of the fullness would dwell. All that God is would dwell in the Word. Everything, everything that will create an apple tree is in the seed itself. Right? Everything that God is is in the the seed of the Word. Remember that as we go through this. Everything that God is is in the seed of the Word. 
And in Him, all things were created, and today all things are created in your life by what you do with the seed of the Word. Now watch this. I've said this the last two services. Just, just, this is one of my all-time favorite, one of the first verses I ever learned over 38 years ago. And I just read it earlier during the offering. My God, I'm making it first person, my God has supplied all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Right? And, and on the heels of that, I said, as we were talking on Sunday about everything being done the lamb being slain revelation 12 says revelation 7 says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world i don't understand how what jesus did over 2000 years ago was already done before the foundation of the world because god already had everything set up no matter what he already had it all set up all your provision was already taken care of so my God supplies all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, who is the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. All of my needs are met according to His riches, not any other riches, but His riches because of the Lamb that was slain not 2,000 years ago, but before the foundation of the world. It was already set up. What happened over 2,000 years ago on the cross was already done before the foundation of the world. Because God already had it in His heart. And when you have it in your heart, it's done. When, when you have redemptive revelation, then you have vision that can't be stopped. When you're trying to create vision off the top of your head and there's no seed of the Word that has birthed it and developed it and formed it and, and, and built it on the inside of you, then you can be talked out of it. But when it's redemptive, when, it is, when it's sealed in redemption and what Jesus did for you, and when you have the revelation that God loved you so much that He had you covered and everything taken care of before you were even thought about, when you embrace and receive that, there's nothing you can't do. Can you say amen to that? Nothing that you cannot accomplish. John, back to John 1 and the 14th verse. <clears throat> And it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. The Word became a human being. I, I, I don't know about you, but in... Well, I'm not going to say I don't know about you. I'm just saying I'll say I know about myself. In the last year or so, I've done an exhaustive study in the Gospels. I've spent most of my study time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the book of Proverbs. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the whole book of Proverbs. But mostly my study time and my reading time has been in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this verse of Scripture 
has produced some revelation inside of me that maybe you won't get right now because you know when when something becomes revelation to you it doesn't mean it's going to be revelation to someone else but you put it out there anyway so that it'll become revelation so i'm just going to say this there's something deeper and more real to the fact that see see we we think about easter time jesus as the son of god mary's son who went through all that he went through and 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 the end result of what happened to him we we look at him as mary's son but first and foremost he was and is the word everybody say he was Okay, now stay with me on this. I, I, I don't want to bring confusion in your mind, but, the, but, but I want you to stay with me. He was the Word before He was the Son. He became the Son because of the Father's love for you. I'm going to say it again. He was the Word before He was the Son. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was created was created by the Word. And then right here in verse 14 it says, and the Word became flesh. Why? Because of His love for you. He didn't come become flesh because God had nothing else to do. He already had it planned for Him to become flesh. Before the foundation of the world, in God's eyes, the Son was crucified. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Read it in, 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 in Revelation 7. Before the foundation of the world, He was already crucified in the mind and the heart of the Father because of His love for humanity. He loved you so much. In spite of yourself and your differences and your mistakes and issues and problems or anything else, in spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, He loves you. And He liberated you and He delivered you and He set you free. And in Him, in Him, is where your and my victory is. In Him. In the living Word. Now, third chapter of John. And verse 15. <clears throat> that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is the point that I want to drive home today is this. Up until what we just read right here, in Him, Him was the Word. Most people stop with the fact that God is talking about his son, that he gave his son as a father. He gave his son. Most people stop with the fact that he gave his son and don't allow the revelation of the fact that the son was first the word. And if we don't bring those two together 
and make them what they were created to be, we stay focused on what the Son did instead of what the Son did for us to be able to do. I'm going to say it again. If you stay focused on just what the Father did through the Son, and that was like it, then we miss who the Son really was. He was the living Word manifested as a human being because of the love of the Father for us so that God could be reconnected to mankind in the earth. But His reconnection to mankind was that we would act just like the living Word. Not as secondary children. God loves you as much as He does Jesus. In fact, God loves you so much that He gave, He he took the living Word and made Him into a human being so that human being could relate to you and I so that God could take what has happened in our life as a result of what Adam and Eve did and be able to relate to us and empower us to overcome all the obstacles as a result of a fallen world. I'm telling you, He delivered us. He has liberated you and delivered you. Whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Can you say amen? Chapter 8 and verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself, but as My Father taught Me, I speak these things. And He who sent Me is with Me. The Father has not left Me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. Watch this. Verse 30, as he spoke these words, as he spoke, many people believed. As he declared, many people received. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in what I say, if you embrace what I say, if you receive what I say, nothing can stop it. Remember, the darkness could not stop when God said, light be, and light was. When you say, my God has already supplied my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, there's something that can't stop that. That can't be stopped except your unbelief. That's what's hard. See, and and that's not a pressure on you and I. That's a challenge to develop who we are. The only thing that can stop those words is unbelief. For me not to believe it. So, if I spend more time in the sight world than I do in the unseen world, then the sight world's going to talk me out of what the unseen world tells me rightfully belongs to me. And it's already been set up. There's nothing that has to be created. Heaven and earth will move on your behalf. 
You say, yeah, but how will God do that? That's unbelief. It's not your job to figure out how God's going to do something. It's your job to believe what God says is so. That's it. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. But the development of that, the development of that belief system takes sometimes years to get rid of fear and insecurity and whatever has been built in us from the past. So when I say that's it, yeah, that's it, but there's a lot to that. There's a lot involved in the development of really knowing that you believe something. Because what I'm telling you today is just word. I'm giving you scripture. This is all word. It's not something I've dreamed up or it sounds good on my... No, this is all word. This is the way it works. God wants you and I to live our lives in Him. Can you say amen? Colossians 2 and verse 6. I really encourage you to go and take this passage, especially right here, these six verses, in, uh, or these seven verses right here. Take these that I'm going to read and go look at these and meditate on them. But I'm going to make one point out of this passage. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, do what? Walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with what? Thanksgiving, like we were doing today. Thanking God for the things that, you know, just because you write something on a list and somebody lays their hand on it and prays over it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. It takes the development of our faith. And, and, and the reason it takes the development of our faith, because it, it's so important. Jesus said, I don't do or say or write down or try to accomplish anything that God didn't give me. If Jesus didn't do anything except from the Father, who the heck are we th- that we think we can go out there and try to a- accomplish something that is not in the will of the Father? That's why it takes you time to separate yourself from what you see so that the unseen realm can speak to you and you know from the Father that He's told you to do a specific thing. I'm telling you, nothing can stop it. But it's that development time that's so vital in us. If we don't allow our lives to develop that. And listen, listen, if you just give God five minutes of development time, man, He'll do amazing things. You know, God knows what it's like to live in this world and have to stay up with things that are going on. You know, I'm not a real encourager of listening to way too much news. Um, I was around my earthly father for the last few weeks, and he's a news watcher. Whew, I got out of bed a year full of the news. You know what I'm saying? I mean, news is good, and it's good to... to it's just, it's all about balance. It's just about balance. You know, if, if all I ever do is fill my head with news and I give God a minute and a half, I mean, he'll take a minute and a half, but all the other stuff is just screaming at us. Yeah, I know, Pastor, you said that, you know, that's all it takes, but, you know, I mean, there's all this other stuff that I'm looking at. It's because you're looking at that too much. And it's taking, it's taking the time, and so you've got you to give the word a little bit 
and then celebrate things that you begin to see and understand. And when it starts making sense to you and it, and it starts developing things inside of you, you got to celebrate that because then all, all of a sudden you'll just focus more time on that and then, and then you just realize, well, you know, I, I hadn't been watching the news in a while. I need to turn it back on. No, you don't. Just leave it off and, you know, just watch it when you can. That's, I'm just saying. I didn't, everybody say, say this. Pastor didn't say news is bad. I didn't say that. I mean, I've said things like this, and then people go off, ah, you know, they don't watch the news at that church, you know? I didn't, I didn't say that. I did not say that, okay? I'm just saying, use, you, you know, allow your life to be balanced, you know? Use discretion in, in what you're doing. Do, do you need to spend that much time on specific things? And allow yourself to spend more time meditating on the word there's something in the last year that has literally happened after 38 plus years of being born again in my life something has happened in my life through the gospels and and it happened because i i read a proverb and then three chapters like proverbs 1 matthew 1 2 and 3 proverbs 2 and then on and on and on until i got to the end of 31 days of proverbs and the end of the gospels it's almost, it almost evens out. In the last two or three days, you just read two chapters in the Gospels, but it's real close. But something happened in, in the last year in my life, in my meditation and my study time, in the words of Jesus. I literally could not wait to read those chapters. And you know what I had to do? I had to calm myself down and not read 25 chapters. No, no, no. Stay faithful. Let what you're reading be faithful to do what God told you to do. You know, you know. hey, if one's good, then 14 is better, right? No. No. You do what God says. And, and as I even as I controlled myself in that way, I mean, I mean, I was, I didn't have to remind myself that it was time to read the script. I mean, I was there. I was ready because it was so speaking to me. Finding those things that work for you in seasons. Now, I'm not, that's not working for me for the rest of my life. That's too easy. You've got to put your faith out for, for your study time and reading and meditating time and how you do that and develop it. Because if you develop it and you learn from other people, I just told you a way, you can start that and see what happens with you. Maybe that'll work for you. Maybe it won't. Maybe that's not the right thing. But you ask God, what, what, what do you want me to read? Or, or get ideas from other people. You read in books and people say, you know, I started doing this. Years ago, I heard Brother Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen out of, out of Tulsa. He's passed on now, but he, he talked about um, uh, reading through different parts of the Bible. And I, I just started doing what he said, and it changed my life, you know. And, and he started praying Ephesians 1. 16 through 21 he prayed over himself every day and when people were in situations where they didn't have clear understanding about what to do he would pray that passage of scripture and 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 the passage goes like this it's a prayer that paul prayed for the church at ephesus that the eyes of their understanding would be opened up and enlightened so they would know what was the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what the surpassing greatness of, your, uh, of God's power is to me as I believe, which was brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. 
all of that prayer, I, I, I made it personal and I spoke over myself for years and over my wife and over our marriage and over my children and then over other people's lives. And I pray that over all of you, not every single day, but a lot of times. I'll pray and just pray that prayer because it's powerful that the eyes of your understanding would be opened up and enlightened. That's a way to study. It's a way to allow the Word to enter in so you have redemptive revelation and understanding so that what you're doing, it's producing. This is a year of completeness, of production. It's a year of abundance. God spoke to me. It's a year for people to live in the fullness of what God created them to live in. And it's not for everybody, but it's for those who take that serious and do something with it. See, you can hear the word preached and do nothing with it. It won't produce. It's just, you know, I wish it would. I wish all we had to do is hear. But, But actually, the Bible says, if you hear and don't do, you deceive yourself. You know, and, and I mean, that's, that, that's not a worse statement and word than you think it is. It's just deception. Everybody say it's just deception. Okay? So how do you get out of deception? Be a doer. I mean, starting right now, if you're not doing the word and you're deceived in certain areas of your life, you start doing the word right now, deception will leave. <laughs> you know why? Because God loves you so much. He wants the best for you. And we just, have to, we just have to do the part that we were created to do in Him, right? Um, verse 9, for in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are what? Complete. Everybody say, I'm complete. In Him. In Him, the Word who is the head of all principality and power. And in Him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, buried with Him in baptism, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. So you and I have been raised up with Him, the living word, to take the living word and do with the living word what we were created to do. Amen? Now, I'm going to, today I'm going to end with this passage, but I really encourage you to take the Colossians 2, 6 through 12, and really meditate on that. There's something very prophetic and powerful for you if you'll meditate on that god god will speak some things to you and because see what i'm preaching to you is what the holy spirit will take and now reveal to you if you do something with what i'm preaching to you if you don't do anything with it it won't just reach out and scare you you know and just you know take you off guard and just do all the work for you you know god is not the enabler he's the helper right? He wants to help us to do what we were created to do in our part so that what he's already done will flourish. Amen. So, John 15 and verse 5. And I want to end with talking about what it means to be in him. John 15 and 5. Actually, before I look at 15, 
Man, where did 15 go? I guess past 14, right? Yeah. Okay, but before we look at that, look at John 12. Look at John 12 and 44. Then Jesus cried out and he said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And then look at 15.5. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me, or in him, the living word, if you abide in him, then what happens? Then he's abiding in you because that's who he is, right? Then you bear much fruit, but this realization is that without me you can do nothing. But what can you do with him? We already read that verse. I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. I can do all things in him. But without being in him, I can do nothing. I can accomplish nothing. And, and I, in other words, anything that I do accomplish, it's not going to create real fruit. Because real fruit from God is part of fulfillment. And that means in every area. You, you can do something and receive back and yet be so full of anger and resentment and frustration that there's no, that, that there's no joy in experiencing what you're reaping. But I'm declaring that this year is the year of the complete package. Not just receiving things in the natural, but receiving it with joy and fulfillment, and everything that God intended for us to live in and to fulfill, right? Because being in Him is, is, what, is what controls and rules your life in times of trouble. If you're in a car and somebody in the ongoing traffic does something that makes you do something that in the natural you shouldn't have done. Somebody comes and they're swerving over and then all of a sudden you go over down into a ditch somewhere. Cop comes and says, uh, uh, what happened? Well, I was in fear. You were what? You were, I was in fear. I was in fear because of what someone else did. Right? Maybe it's a poor example. But where I want to be in anything that goes on is in faith. And to be in faith, you have to be in Him. And to be in Him is to be in the Word. And to be in the Word is to believe that however your meditation is surrounding this in whatever form or fashion, 
that it causes you to see things and understand things in the unseen realm so that what you do in the seen realm is what He wants you to do. But if you don't have this and you don't work this out, I've shared this with you before and I'm going to tell you this again. There's four or five things in my life today that I do with the Word. One of them is I pray in the Spirit. What does it do? The Bible says if I'll pray in the Spirit, I'm building myself up in my most holy faith as I pray in other tongues. I spend time praying in the Spirit. It's one of the things that I do because I, when I begin to pray in the Spirit, most of the time my mind is unfruitful. But when I begin to pray in the Spirit, then fruitfulness comes to my mind. And what is God going to speak to me? Is He going to speak to me about how bad the economy is? Is He going to speak to me about you know, all the diseases that there are in the world today? What's this virus thing that's around? What's it called? Zika. Zika. <laughs> Do you see the car that they were coming out with called Zika? Yeah. It, it, was, it was spelled a little bit different, but the name sounded exactly the same. I think the company changed the name. It was coming out like this week. It's called Zika. And they changed the name because of the virus. So, you know... If you're praying in the Spirit and building yourself up in, in, in your faith in God, God's not speaking to you about viruses. He's speaking to you this. That's one way. Another way is through the confession of the Word. Taking certain passages of Scripture, breaking them down and making confessions with the Word. Another way is to read the Word like I was telling you. A proverb in three chapters from the Gospels and putting those together and seeing God speak to me through that Word. I, I, I do that on a daily basis. Or, or other things. I, I'll change it up over time because God will say, okay, you know, that, that's enough of that. And then you know, do something else because I need more revelation. I don't just need to do something that is the thing, well, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and everything will work. No, that's too easy. That didn't take any faith. Take, took me faith to do things realizing I'm hearing something from God and then doing that and then seeing it produce. I mean, there is no words that I can explain. I'll sound like I'm over-exaggerating what a proverb and three gospels a day have done in my life. You know the old saying, an apple a day will keep the doctor away? A proverb and three gospels will keep you something. I don't know. I'll come up. I'll come up with some really catchy phrase. Right? I, you know, eat an apple. It's great. But I'm telling you, don't eat an apple and not digest the Word. So, the reading of the Word is another form of that. You know? Meditating. In, in Joshua 1 and verse 8, it says, the Word of God shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate on it day and night. To observe, to do all that is written in it. Then it'll, I'll make my way prosperous, and then I'll have great success. Joshua 1.8, go look at that. But meditation and observing are two words there that are really important, and they're different. When you meditate on the Word, when, you, when you're meditating, you, there's times when you kind of put everything else aside, and you meditate on what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. There's the, the Proverbs and the Gospels. Okay, that's good. But then there's times I go back to a, a certain passage in there and God says, I want to speak to you this. And listen to Him. And something will come out of that if you just take the time to let the Word speak to you. It's vital that, that, that it works that way. 
And so today, I'm telling you that to live in Him in 2016 is, is to, to live in Him is, is what it takes to be on the receiving end of the things that He has promised to do for you. I'm not telling you that you know, something that sounds good is just going to come your way. You know, I'm not saying that someone's going to walk up and give you something or do this thing. I'm not saying that it won't. I'm not, just, I'm not telling you that something you know, supernatural is going to happen and I'm trying to work you up. No, I'm telling you that if you meditate in the Word of God and allow it to be a part of you, the things that God promises you will come to pass. Because God is not a liar. I didn't say... If his word's not true, then he's a liar. No, no, no. His word is true, and he's not a liar. And it will come to pass. He will give you what he births inside of you, and he promises you, not what you try to work up. You try to do something, and try to make something happen, and get God to bless it, it's one of the worst. It it is a recipe for disaster. And the reason it is, is because there's no fulfillment in what God hasn't promised. But I'll tell you, it's not just through faith, but it's faith and patience that we inherit what rightfully belongs to us. And when you walk this journey, there's things that have to be worked out in us. There's things that have to line up. But God will move heaven and earth. You just have to have patience. may not happen today or tomorrow or next week or next month or whenever, but I'm believing this year that some amazing things are happening and manifesting in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen?